I'm Bill Thompson, and this is Eye on Books. James Madison may not spring to mind the same way that, say, George Washington or Thomas Jefferson or even Alexander Hamilton do, but as a major new biography of our fourth president shows, without James Madison's influence, the entire trajectory of the young United States would have been very different. Lynn Cheney's book, James Madison, A Life Reconsidered, will also change what you thought you knew if you've always remembered how Madison was described as a shy or even sickly young man. James Madison, it strikes me, is often stereotyped, and one of the stereotypes is this sickly little man, great though his words and deeds may have been. I gather you wanted to flesh out Madison the man, Madison the politician, Madison the statesman. You know, it's interesting how these stereotypes grow up. Uh, None of Madison's contemporaries thought of him as shy. Uh, They thought he was reserved. You know, he didn't uh, rush out and make statements before the situation had fully unfolded. He didn't uh, clap people on the shoulder. But um, it was a a very savvy uh, approach to politics, and he was a very good politician. And his uh, contemporaries knew this. This idea of shyness is some kind of 20th century invention. I sometimes think maybe it happened because uh, people just can't believe that you can be reserved and be in politics. But Madison was, and he was very effective. Well, people sometimes lose the distinction between shyness and reticence, and certainly he knew the power of reticence at the right time. Well, exactly. And if you talk all the time, people don't listen when you do talk. Um, and I think that is very powerful. He also understood that the goal is to get something done and not necessarily to get the credit. And I think that uh, the issues at the beginning of the country were so huge uh, that, you know, it inspired him to uh, focus on his aims rather than uh, on, uh, on his fame. Well, he is also well known, of course, as the father of the Constitution, perhaps less renowned as the main cheerleader or, or, or whip, if you will, for ratification of the Constitution, that was almost more important, wasn't it? Well, the uh, uh, ratification contest in Virginia, where Madison was from, was a very close thing. And it, he, Madison had to face down Patrick Henry, the greatest orator of the day, in order to win ratification in Virginia, which he did. And uh, if Virginia hadn't ratified, if Madison hadn't managed to overcome Henry's uh, rhetoric with his uh, uh, reason and good sense, uh, I doubt the Constitution would have been ratified since Virginia was the biggest and most powerful state. Or if it had been ratified, it wouldn't have worked long. You couldn't have had a country uh, without Virginia. So he was crucial in that. He was crucial in the Bill of Rights. He was Secretary of State when the Louisiana Purchase was completed, and he took our country to war. He was the first president, and he served eight years to serve as Commander-in-Chief under the Constitution. And we have to understand that in 1812, not only wasn't our military anywhere near what it is today, the country's economy, the whole financial system was nowhere near what it is today. That was a a much bigger challenge, I think, than we studied about in history back in elementary school might have led us to believe. No, it was true. Um, the, The nation wanted to go to war. The Congress voted for war, but then they wouldn't vote the funding for war because it would have meant taxing people. Um, Now, eventually, the nation got its act together, Um, and I think the War of 1812 um, 
serve to uh, put us on the world stage, to put us in a position of respect around the world. But it was a close-run thing, and trying to uh, run a war with a, a Congress that uh, will vote for it but not vote the funds for it uh, was, was a huge challenge for Madison. I wanted to come back to you. You mentioned a moment ago the Louisiana Purchase. I, I try to imagine what it must have been like to to essentially manage that kind of transaction and overnight literally double the size of the country. What a what a heady experience it must have been for him. Oh, you know, that's such a good description. I think that the uh, uh, there must have been no greater time to live uh, if you are interested in, in founding nations, if you... Uh, understand that you have the possibility of creating a nation that uh, will be freer uh, and uh, more uh, recognizing of individual rights than any nation before has ever been. I think that must have been a great inspiration at all times. But to have France offer to let us uh, double the size of the country, uh, what an amazing thing that was. Jefferson worried that uh, it might not be constitutional. But Madison uh, was very uh, convincing, I'm sure, in saying that, um, of course, the president had the right to make treaties. He had the right to uh, to make this uh, great purchase. It was one of those hugely defining moments in our history. Well, how did his experience in the Virginia legislature come to shape Madison's vision for what the nascent United States should be like? Well, he thought that the state governments were a real problem. And I think his experience in Virginia helped convince him of that. Uh, the, the state that everyone uh, criticized most was Rhode Island. Uh, they not only coined their own money, which of course led to huge deflation, but they forced merchants to take the money in payment of debt. You know, maybe the merchant would, was getting a penny on the dollar. Um, states were conducting their own foreign policies. They were fighting with one another. So Madison was convinced in the beginning that uh, the job of the Constitution was to uh, keep the states from creating such trouble. Now, James Madison married at an age we would consider today very late, or in those days I should say was considered very late in life, and he adopted Dolly's son from her first marriage. Was James Madison a good father? He was a very um, caring father. Um, he, uh, there's some letters between him and Dolly, and you can see him uh, being sure that um, uh, Payne, was the little fellow's name, uh, gets into a school that will uh, help build his character. Unfortunately, uh, it may be that uh, they spoiled the boy, though it's always hard to be sure that when people go off the rails, it's their parents' fault. But... Um, he grew up to be uh, someone who drank too much, who womanized, uh, who gambled, and uh, in the end, uh, he helped drive the Madisons into poverty. Wow. Now, uh, maybe help me correct something that I've read in other popular accounts. Did James Madison, late in life, try to, shall we say, adjust the historical record to, to go back and correct little things in papers and, and make changes that he thought would, would shape his legacy a little bit better? He sure did. Um, and uh, that's been something that historians have uh, been, you know, very critical about. But I kind of understand it. You know, one of the famous corrections he made, he had said uh, in one of his letters to Jefferson, he had described Lafayette as being a very self-centered young man, which Lafayette probably was. 
But then when Madison began uh, getting his papers in order, he changed that. Lafayette had had a hard life by that point. After being this uh, young hero in our revolution, he had gone back to France, got caught up in the French Revolution, uh, lost family members, spent uh, years in prison, and so Madison uh, changed the letter uh, that he'd written to Jefferson uh, to be more complimentary of Lafayette. Yes, I mean, I suppose there's some obligation here to, you know, maintain the historical record, but in human terms, you can certainly understand what he did. James Madison, A Life Reconsidered by Lynn Cheney is published by Viking. With Eye on Books, I'm Bill Thompson.